Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. For many Americans in 2020, pouring a stiff drink at the end of the day, or in the middle of it, was less about socializing with friends and more about coping with the chaos of the pandemic. And while many of the challenges from last year remain, research shows fewer people plan on turning to alcohol in the new year and instead are embracing non-alcoholic or functional beverages as healthier alternatives, at least temporarily. According to research from the alcohol alternative beverage brand Dry Botanical Bubbly, 33% of Americans plan to partake this year in the traditional or modified Dry January or a month in which they hit a hard reset on the indulgences that come with the holiday season by giving up or drastically cutting back on alcohol consumption. Now, the idea of dry January isn't new and has been gaining traction in recent years, but those pledging participation in 2021 is up significantly from the one in seven who participated in 2020, according to YouGov data. It's also notable after a year in which alcohol consumption increased dramatically, with Nielsen noting alcohol sales in the U.S. skyrocketed 54% in mid-March 2020 compared to 2019. And research published in JAMA found the frequency with which study participants drank alcohol increased 14% between 2019 and mid-June 2020. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, we take a closer look at what's driving the sober curious movement and its market potential. Holly McHugh, a marketing associate with a beverage development firm Imbibe, shares which benefits and ingredients resonate with consumers, as well as how to overcome formulating and regulatory challenges when incorporating functional ingredients in beverages. We also hear from PepsiCo and SipClean about how industry players, large and small, are meeting the evolving consumer demand for functional beverages and non-alcoholic wine, beer, and spirits. So one of the many reasons that Americans embraced alcohol last year and during the pandemic is the same reason that they're now embracing functional beverages, and that is a deep need for stress reliefs. According to McHugh, the majority of people are concerned about their health, including their mental well-being and as such are seeking beverages that can help them relax, unwind, and sleep without the negative side effects of alcohol. Consumers are looking for a release and saw that in a um, survey by the Hartman Group that 58% of consumers are concerned about their mental health. And that's just by people who, you know, of course, were surveyed. I think it could be even more than that. And since the onset of the pandemic, I think that this has become an even bigger issue. I mean, people's lives changed overnight, basically. And, uh, you know, the stress of, you know, being confined to your home largely, not having those same releases like going out or traveling um, has really contributed to stress. So we've seen, of course, other functional beverages really take off in the last several years. And I think that mood-boosting beverages that address these needs will be, you know, one of the next big um, functional beverages for that reason. Well, the idea of mood-boosting beverages is still fairly new. McHugh notes several ingredients are gaining popularity for their calming effects, 
including CBD, adaptogens, L-theanine, and some micronutrients like magnesium. We've, you know, seen over the last several years that there has been um, more interest in products that provide um, calm and relaxation. Uh, CBD has been a really big ingredient. Full spectrum hemp extract is, uh, are some of the ingredients that we see called out on products. Um, of course, we know that um, the benefit is through the CBD content they have, but because of regulations, brands can't call out the CBD content, so they call out the hemp content. Um, but, I mean, there's a laundry list of benefits from improving, you know, mood, providing calm, enhancing sleep, um, to even helping with aches and pains um, are some of the benefits that are lauded with hemp extract and CBD. Um, so I think that really that um, calm and sleep effect is one that consumers are really looking to these products for. And we see it, you know, in relaxation beverages, we see it in you know, coffee beverages to reduce that anxious jitteriness that you can get from having too much caffeine. Um, we see it in uh, zero-proof beverages as a alternative to alcohol because it provides a similar calming, um, you know, relaxing effect as alcohol, or at least that's what brands who want or who are launching those products claim. Um, but some of the other ingredients that we're seeing is are, or are adaptogens, which has been a buzzword in our industry the last few years. I think that the brand Rebel really um, helped educate some of those consumers. And I know they've gained a lot of distribution into the mainstream. And while they're not mainstream ingredients um, yet, I think that they are, you know, moving in that direction. Like ashwagandha, holy basil, shizandra berry, those are some of the ones that we see more often. Um, also, L-theanine is another big one. That's one that we're watching. Green tea is a really great source of L-theanine um, and a really popular source of its content, but we also see L-theanine extracts being incorporated into products. Um, and some of the benefits, again, are calming, relaxation, focus. And we looked into Google searches of L-theanine because one of the ways that we look at our trends is looking at, you know, what are consumers actually taking the time to search for and um, what are they becoming more aware of? So we found that um, searches for L-theanine grew 768% from January to October of this year. So, um, you know, that's one that we're definitely seeing interest in as well as magnesium, um, which is another ingredient we're watching um, just for its, you know, benefits overall with your health. Um, it's a really important micronutrient and um, it's also suggested to increase GABA, um, which is um, supposed to improve mood and help with sleep. These last two, L-theanine and magnesium, are the key ingredients in PepsiCo's recently launched but already award-winning end-of-the-day beverage Driftwell. Ryan Booser, a senior manager for the brand, explains how PepsiCo, which is better known for its energizing drinks, decided to create a relaxation beverage and why the company's health and science team embraced L-theanine and magnesium specifically. 
Driftwell is an enhanced still water beverage and it's really designed with relaxation in mind. So um, it contains ingredients like L-theanine, uh, which help to promote relaxation, uh, as well as magnesium, blackberry lavender flavor to really give you that soothing moment. And it comes in this really nice 7.5 ounce can, zero carbonation, zero calories, zero sugar. It's really, it's a nice streamlined label with the end of day in mind. There's a real need for relaxation in the market right now. Um, and it's not, it's not just kind of an of the moment trend. This is something that has been growing over time with technology and with kind of like day-to-day -day connections. Um, and, and we're really responding to that uh, in real time. Driftwell is a part of a much larger movement. So the enhanced water beverage market is projected to grow to 11.3 billion by 2027. And so we're really excited to tap into that. Um, I think there's varying degrees of, of um, how cutting edge the ingredients are, but I think what people are coming to expect out of their foods and beverages is these outcome-based um, functionalities to them. And so Driftwell taps into the end benefit of relaxation, which is, is actually quite, um, profound in, in its need uh, among the, the general population. So we have a really incredible health and nutrition science team that goes out and does a broad um, study of safety and of efficacy. And so what they did is they identified um, kind of this short list of ingredients and then um, really honed in on what was the science, can we make functional claims that are actually meeting the needs of consumers. So that's why we landed on L-theanine. L-theanine in particular is something that comes from very commonplace things that are already in people's households. And so there's a lot of different sources of L-theanine. Um, I think probably the most common example is tea leaves. It comes from um, different plants. Um, it can also come from things like yeast. And so there's a, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of opportunity to educate on these. And what I would say is I don't think people necessarily need to or want to generally go into the weeds on ingredients, but I think like our health and nutrition science team has done an amazing job of kind of like vetting all of this out. They've actually reviewed a lot of existing literature um, and clinical studies that have been done on L-theanine. Um, and 200 milligrams is the level that has shown to help promote relaxation um, in, the, in the study itself. And so what we really focused on is making sure that Driftwell is, is functional at, at, at um, and really delivers on this need. Like we don't want to um, make claims or or move into a functional market without a product that can really substantiate that. And so um, they've done a really awesome job of of going through that and making sure that this selected level of it is really speaking to and addressing the need um, head on. The rigor that PepsiCo brought to formulating Driftwell is a key to a long-term success of the overall mood-boosting beverage space. But McHugh warns it isn't easy. 
She notes that many of the functional ingredients gaining prominence in this space come with regulatory challenges that must be addressed. One of the concerns um, when you're thinking, is my product going to be a supplement or is it going to be a food or a beverage, um, is the graph status of ingredients. So um, whether or not they are generally recognized as safe by the FDA. Um, And a lot of these ingredients haven't been verified by the FDA, so it's up to the ingredient supplier to get that self-affirmed status, which can be pretty expensive. Um, So that's, you know, a concern for the ingredient supplier, but, um, you know, as these ingredients become more popular in products, um, the ingredient suppliers, um, you know, it's in their benefit to, you know, get that verification and get that graph status, that self-affirmed graph status. Um, Another consideration is the um, claims that you're going to make because you don't want to make a claim that is going to say or that says that you're going to cure anything or um, anything that could get into drug territory. Um, So you can't say like L-theanine cures depression (laughs) or um, anything like that. Um, And um, there are other, you know, considerations as well as far as like some of the, you know, more scientifically scientifically studied ingredients. Um, I know that there is um, there is there are certain claims that you can make based on scientific studies, but there has to be enough of that study or enough studies performed to really back up any claims that you're making which is something I think we see more in like immunity beverages with like vitamin C and things like that. But um, it's still an important consideration. McHugh also cautions that many functional ingredients come with formulating challenges, including off notes, undesirable flavors, high costs, and underdeveloped supply chains. From a formulation standpoint, I know that we've been working more with adaptogens. Um, there are many brands who are hearing about them and um, are all are um, you know agreeing with us that you know this is kind of like where the market is going and what like a huge consumer needs. So we've been formulating a lot more with adaptogens, and um, one of the big issues with adaptogens is that they can taste pretty funky on their own. Um, I know I've tried different adaptogenic uh, products myself, and uh, there is a wide range of really from really great tasting products to some that are just really bitter and a little sour and just kind of funky. Um, but so they, you know, require masking. Um, so that's something that we're always considering when we're um, working with adaptogens is choosing a masker um, that covers those off notes. Also, um, stability and um, sedimentation can be an issue. So you have to have like a really good stabilizer system to get them to stay in suspension. But um, even so, they can get a sediment at the bottom of the package, which isn't always attractive to consumers. Uh, Maybe consumers who are more accepting of that, like really they want that really raw natural product uh, might be more accepting 
of that sediment, but if you're looking at a mainstream product, you're going to want to, um, you know, mitigate that issue with a stabilizer system. And, you know, if, if you have so much of the ingredient in there that it's still creating that sediment, just informing the consumer, shake well, <laughs> um, will be a really important consideration. McHugh acknowledges that while sediment and off notes can deter consumers, so too can the addition of unfamiliar ingredients to round out flavor profiles or create a more desirable mouthfeel. However, she said mainstream consumers are more likely to compromise on quote-unquote clean label if the value outweighs their concerns. The creators of the de-alcoholized wine Sip Clean and its CBD-enhanced sister brand Sip Cozy didn't want consumers to compromise on clean label in exchange for a relaxing, flavorful, and alcohol-free experience, which is why Sip Clean's founder, Alex Klemf, and winemaker Meredith Leahy explained that they created their recently launched non-alcoholic rosé wine with high-quality natural ingredients and a state-of-the-art spinning cone technology that removes the alcohol while preserving the natural flavors and bright aromas of the original grapes. As Klumpf explains, offering a natural option with as few additives as possible was fundamental to the creation of Sip Clean. Well, Sip Clean is a non-alcoholic rosé wine for adults over the age of 21. And Meredith and I really felt like, um, you know, creating an alternative, this is a, an alternative to alcohol um, with a wellness focus. So, you know, we wanted to keep the product as simple as possible there's different moments of everyone's life, especially women, where alcohol, you know, alcohol is just not the option for them. And our goal was to create something with, you know, simple ingredients with low calories and um, that could be integrated into your life at any point. Leahy explains that while the spinning cone technology used by SipClean is head and shoulders better than other processing options when it comes to preserving the flavor, aroma, and wine, but without the alcohol... When we came up with the non-alcoholic idea, um, we wanted something that, you know, was very similar to a glass of wine. Um, and, and with that being said, that's kind of the basis of, you know, why this product is just de-alcoholized wine. <laughs> um, we, we found great, a great source. We found great wine, you know, a base wine, which was made in a way that wine is made. So, you know, grapes come in um, with rosés, it's whole cluster pressing, um, and then um, you add yeast and you ferment it, and you can ferment it in a couple different ways. And this was fermented in a little bit of neutral oak and um, some stainless steel. And then once the wine is finished fermentation, um, this is when the dealkalization process starts. So um, we uh, partnered with a company that uses this. It's called spinning cone technology, and um, this technology seems, from my research, has been kind of the the highest quality out there in preserving the characteristics of the base wine. Um, it handles it more delicately and preserves the aromatics and the flavor or some of the other processes that um, can remove wine. Uh, for example, like reverse osmosis, which actually strips the wine um, from any pleasing aromatics, flavors, and it kind of affects color as well. Um, so, you know, in this process, um, to me, drew, drew me to it just because it preserves that quality and essence of the wine without having to add any artificial flavors. The duo opted to create a de-alcoholized rosé instead of a red or a light white 
in part because it's technically more challenging to create a good-tasting, non-alcoholic red wine without additives or flavors, and because rosé is approachable. Clemph hopes that someday Sip Clean will be as ubiquitous as a house wine that are served at events, restaurants, and readily available at dinner and homes. So while the consumer appetite may be there for non-alcoholic wine, beer, and spirits, and functional beverages, McHugh says the category must first overcome two major challenges to widespread consumer adoption, price and calories. The products that are trying to mimic alcohol are really interesting because there's a really wide range, right? So there are wines with the alcohol removed. There's, you know, beer with no alcohol in it. And I think that, you know, for people who are trying to drink less, um, those have a lot of appeals because they offer that, you know, flavor experience that you have become accustomed to. Um, But at the same time, I like I personally have tried to drink less and have looked at those types of products. But then I'm like, oh, my God, wow, this still has like the same amount of calories as a beer. Um, So it's still, you know, kind of a nice treat as something um is like an alternative to drinking but um i think that there are other considerations as well but then we're also starting to see these products like hop water which kind of tastes has that ipa taste but it doesn't have any calories and i think that products like that have a lot of appeal also these zero proof spirits that are um enhanced with ingredients like adaptogens and cbd to offer some of those similar relaxation beverages or benefits without the alcohol. Um, I think that those have a lot of potential as well, especially if they do offer that really complex flavor experience. I think that the biggest challenge with those types of products is that they are not cheap. Uh, And a a lot of times you are paying more than you would for your typical bottle of liquor um, to have a product that has no liquor in it. So, Um, I think that that is going to be one of the biggest challenges for those to become, you know, a regular part of someone's um, routine. Recognizing that many consumers are turning away from alcohol or seeking alternatives for health reasons, both Sip Clean and Driftwell keep their calorie counts low at 30 and zero respectively per serving. As the price point, Sip Clean stresses its product is fairly priced, at four cans for $16. But it says that some consumer education likely is necessary to fully communicate this value. PepsiCo's Driftwell comes at a similar price point of about $3 per 7.5 ounce can via Amazon. And Buser agree that the consumer education will be key, as will be trial. Ultimately, as consumer awareness of and comfort with non-alcoholic and mood-boosting beverages grow, McHugh says so too will the market potential. She also predicts that the end of the pandemic will have an outsized impact on the space as consumers look for ways to undo the damage they've caused from months of indulging in alcohol and comfort foods at home. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week. And to ensure you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week and a happy new year.